Memories, music is therapy. Hello and welcome to a special episode of You, Me, the 80s and the 90s. As always, I'm Wayne Sunks. And I'm Emma Louise. Now, Emma, <laughs> we are not in the same room. We are not in the same room. We've gone back to the Zoom days. And why is that, Emma? Well, you can probably hear from my voice and the way I sound at the moment. I have been struck down with the plague. The plague. <laughs> The bubonic plague. She hashed a rat. No. <laughs> the dreaded coronavirus. It finally got me. They, they got um, me, gals. Yeah. Got me good. So I'm rocking uh, a pretty, yeah, it feels like a head cold yeah. uh, for me right now, like a bad one that hasn't gone away for three days. So I'm, I'm dosed up with lots of Panadol and Nurofen and so apologies if I'm not firing on bleh, on all cylinders today. <laughs> even with that sentence. All right. <laughs> Happy to be seeing you even on Zoom, though, and talking about go. music. That's Here always nice. It is always good. Music is the great healer. Well, let's pretend mm. it is anyway. I hope right. so. Well, let's start off, as we always do, with a top five. We make up our own top five now. So basically <laughs> what it is is this is the 1995 charts but I have counted down from the artists that we have not yet featured. Ooh. So let's start off at number five with Arrow and Hot, Hot, Hot. The song was originally released in 1982 and reached 59 in the UK. It was released in uh, re-released in 1995 and reached nine in Australia and 38 in the UK. Nine in Australia. Yes. Wow. We, I, I do remember this coming out and just being massive. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's a pretty uplifting song, isn't it? Like it's I a f- joyful song. I feel like you can't hate it, can you? You have to be a pretty nasty person to hate this song. Absolutely. It's a party song. Like, yeah. Feel it. Hut, hut, hut. Yeah. You, when you hear that percussion and stuff, you just, look, I'm moving yeah. my hips, even with COVID, sitting yeah. in my children's bedroom. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, you've got to dance. It, it is. I don't know why it was massive in Australia in 1995. I just know it was. And we all liked it, apparently, which, mm. you know, you and I did, which yeah. you know, we, we don't agree often. And we're agreeing right now, you know. <laughs> We are. Um, it's not too dissimilar to the original because uh, I went back and listened to the original. It's just got that thicker drums, yeah. you know, added for this one, which was very of its time. There was another version done, though, in the late 80s by who was it? That Buster Poindexter. Are you familiar with him? A little, a little, mm. a little. Not, not overly, but a, a little. Was he like a comedian or something? I think yes. he had some Saturday Night Live stints and stuff. Six episodes from 86 to 87. He, ah. sat with, he sat with the house band and he refined his act, doing monologues and comedy bits, and released his first album with songs from his stage show. Okay. And this was one of the songs that he, because his character was like a lounge singer. Yes. Like a covers yeah. sort of singer and, yeah. This was one of their staples and always very popular at the shows that he played. Yeah. And um, well, one of his most popular, I think. And he ended up saying it was kind of one of those thorns in his side at the end of it. Like he, <laughs> he didn't enjoy it that much, but yeah, yeah, did well for him. That's that's the problem with comedy. You know, if a character becomes really popular, all you get known for is that character. Can you imagine the ladies from Kath and Kim, even though they are so happy with what they've done, just everyone would see them and go, look at me, look at me. <laughs> That's very true. Look very over there. True. Look at my. Look at my. Look at my. Uh, so the Buster version did hit 45 in the US. So the only time this song charted in the top 50 was the Buster version. So, but the ah. song was a Caribbean classic. It was a signature song of Alphonsus. 
Alphonsus? Alphonsus. Alphonsus. Oh, I don't have his name yeah, here. I'm, yeah, I apologise that we don't know the pronunciation. Last name Castle. So he recorded as Arrow. He sadly died of brain cancer in 2010 at age 60. And he yeah. was a popular soca musician from Montserrat, where he was a star. In explaining the difference between Calypso, which is the, you know, we all know what Calypso is, and yep. Soka, he used this song as an example. Feeling hot, hot, hot makes you forget that there's a volcano and remember there's fun to be had, he said, adding that Soka was made for dancing and didn't carry any political messages. Okay. Because I'm not familiar really with, I know the term Calypso and that yep. kind of evokes, um, you know, that percussion kind of yep. vibe. but. Soka, it was defined by apparently this guy called Lord Shorty was the inventor of Soka. Yo, Lord um, Shorty in the house. <laughs> um, and he described Soka as the soul of Calypso, which, you know, was influenced by African and East Indian sort of rhythms. I don't know enough about either genre really to, to pick the difference properly. You know, I feel like Lord Shorty was talking about it academically and I feel <laughs> Arrow was talking about it, you know, metaphorically and party style. He's yeah. like, you know, the volcano's hot, we don't care because we're dancing. I get that. Thanks. Thanks, well, Arrow. Yeah. And where he was, I mean, um, he lives on a volcano and did his whole life. Like, no wonder he was very famous there. The island yeah. is quite tiny, if I'm not mistaken. It's about yeah. 40 kilometres all the way around. And he actually ended, he, he died there as well. Like, so even once he'd made it and this song was huge, he would have had the money to go elsewhere. He decided to stay in Montserrat. Good um, on him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on to number four. And this is very different. It's Edward Collins, A Girl Like You. The song reached six in Australia, 32 in the US, four in the UK and one in Belgium and Iceland. Mm, I loved this song. I was like, I didn't mind it. I wasn't a massive fan, but I would really? sing it if it came on the radio. Ah, I, I was a big fan. I love this I, style. And you know what I think it was? I think it mm. was, I said when it came on the radio, it came on the radio a lot. I feel like I just heard it too much back then. Yeah. But then there's other songs that come on the radio a lot that you love, like still. Yeah. But so, hey, that's yeah. Madonna and she's allowed to come on. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've always loved it. Um, bit of an Iggy Pop tribute, yes, someone said. Yes, And I actually read somewhere that he might have even recorded his own version of this, like Iggy himself, except then um, Edwin Collins's version was gaining too much airplay. And Yeah, I don't think Iggy okay. had yet. There would just been a suggestion that he might yeah. record it for the US market, but then the Edward Collins version pretty much took off everywhere around the world, except the US. I mean, 32 is still a good spot to have in the US. Totally. I, you know, I'd even take 33. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, it took off, and, and so there was no need for, for Iggy Pop to record the song then. Mm. Apparently one of the Sex Pistols played the vibraphone on this track yes. as well. Paul Cook, yeah. The drummer. Yeah, and the drum track is sampled from Len Barry's 1965 hit One Two Three. I have no idea what that. I song think is. I, I feel like I do know what it is, but I don't want to just. I, I don't know whether I'm right. I feel like I do know, but anyway. So it was his only hit in Australia, though he has made ten albums in his career. The last one being in 2019. Yeah, that's a lot, and good on him because he went through a time like a really bad time. Back in February 2005, yeah, um, he was hospitalised after having two cerebral hemorrhages, which, you know, what's that, like a stroke, basically? Strokes. Oh, I'm not going to make medical calls. Well, a hemorrhage is like yeah. a bleed yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. in the brain, like, like a yeah. stroke, and it took him months to recover. 
Um, he had the same thing that, who is it? Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis has. Yeah, Bruce Willis has just retired from acting because of aphasia. Yeah. And uh, yes, the cerebral hemorrhages resulted in aphasia for Edwards Collins. And he, yes, he needed months to recover. Thank God he did get over it. And he resumed his medical career in 2000, medical, his musical career <laughs> in 2007. He's not a doctor. Uh, but he does have a documentary on his recovery called The Possibilities Are Endless, which was released in 2014. I love that. That I, as in, I haven't seen it, but I love that the name of it is called "The Possibilities Are Endless." Because apparently, in his aphasia, like he he only could repeat four phrases over and over again, um, and that was "Yes," "No," Grace Maxwell, and that was the name of his wife, uh, and "The Possibilities Are Endless." Is <laughs> one of the phrases that he would just. That, that's all he could say. And so that's the name of the documentary, which I think, yeah. Oh, that's they obviously lovely. named it that for that reason. Yeah. Now, Collins was the co-founder of indie record label Postcard Records and co-founded a second label, Analog Enhanced Digital, in 2011. He's also worked as an illustrator, television actor, television producer and record producer, and he won an Ivor Novello Award. For, it was the Inspiration Award in 2009. Yeah. Well, well-deserved. That yeah. was... Yeah, in recognition of his struggles following yeah. the, the event. And um, he's won lots of different awards. He was nominated for another Ivor Novello, I think, for this song, A Girl Like You, back in 96. He's um, had Scottish Album of the Year Award nominations in 2014 and in 2019. So, yeah, he hasn't lost it yeah. by any means. Yeah, definitely. And if people in America might recognise the song, it may also be because it was used in Charlie's Angels' Full Throttle. Good film. Ah, I love Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Drew's my girl. I love Drew Barrymore. Yeah, you got her. All right, well, that was number four. Number three is Newton with Sky High. The song reached eight in Australia, 40 in Belgium, and 56 in the UK. Gee, we liked it here. It's one of those one of those ones. You know, like when you're younger, you just think any song that was popular in your country was popular everywhere. Mm. And doing this podcast, I realised constantly that is not the case. It is so not the case. It was I, really big for, for a little while here in Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had admittedly forgotten what this song was when I saw this on the list um, I'm like, I have no idea what Sky High is. But, of course, then hearing it took me took me back. Took you back. I didn't realise it was a cover, though. Yeah, no, I did know that. Because, yes, because he, he just did covers. Because his second song that he had also, he got to number five with in Australia, uh, Sometimes When We Touch, that's a more famous cover. Yes. The honesty's right. too much and I have to break down and cry. <laughs> I I, would you one. would you want somebody to say that to you? Sometimes When We Touch, the honesty's too much and I just have to close my eyes and cry. Mm. Look, it's not for me, but, <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yep. yep, okay, good. But anyway, we're talking about Sky High. Now, his real name is Billy Myers, which is also the name of a pop star from the late 90s. She had a really great song called Kiss the Rain, but he was a UK firefighter turned pop singer. Well, pop singer's a, a, a word. Um, yeah, because did he even sing this? No. I read somewhere that... It was actually recorded, the vocal on this was Des Dyer, who was the original Jigsaw vocalist who yeah. sang this song. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. So yeah. so what was Newton doing then? Well, like, it was just the face. He was, he was the face. Know, he okay. was dancing it up in that film clip, which uh, 1995 Wayne was rather interesting. <laughs> um, I'll bet you were. <laughs> he um, had blown it sky high if you get my drift. Um, oh, enough, enough. There are children possibly listening. Yeah. Um, so it has that very Stock Aiken Waterman vibe Fun, about it. Funny that, yeah. 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 Well, I didn't realise, again, all these things I didn't realise, that it was produced, of course, by Mike Stock and Matt Aiken. No Waterman. Of, they had gone no, their no own Waterman. separate ways by that stage. Yes, yes. 
So that would account for that. Yeah. But Jigsaw, the original people, was a British pop band fronted by Clive Scott and Des Dyer, who had a string of minor hits throughout the mid and late 70s. So this song was their biggest hit and became so unexpectedly. It was actually the theme song to the motion picture, The Man from Hong Kong, also known as The Dragonflies, which is, here we go, a martial arts espionage film that combined elements from James Bond and Bruce Lee films. So the film was only a middling success, but the song caught on with audiences in Japan and Europe and then became a significant hit in the US as well. The song spent three years on the Japanese charts and sold altogether 13 million copies worldwide. Wow. So they had, in fact, blown it all sky high. (laughs) Yeah. And you say the first one was... It charted in the US as well. That's interesting that the second one didn't. Yeah. Therefore... Yeah, maybe it was a bit too camp for the English, for the American market, because, you know, they don't, they, they, not a big fan of camp. Maybe that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, I think it's a really, really fun song. And, uh, you know, I don't hear it that much nowadays, but when I do, I still really do enjoy it. Nice. All right. Well, oh, actually, I'm just going to say one more thing. In 2012, he returned with a second studio album, Time to Believe. But it was not a time to believe. It was not a hit. Have you heard the album? No. No, I haven't. Mm. I didn't realise it existed. I was going to say, that's a long time between studio albums, like 96 or whatever. Or 97, I think, his first one was released. Yeah. So that's All right, Emma, do some COVID yeah. math. Yep. Stop <laughs> it. Don't pick on me. I'm All sick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's move on to number two, and it is Innie Kamosi with Here Comes the Hot Stepper. The song reached two in Australia, four in the UK and one in Denmark, New Zealand, Zimbabwe and the US. Wow. Oh, yeah, successful. It, it was a moment in time. This song was really massive for a, for a small amount of time there. Yeah, yeah. Again, another party track, I reckon. That it, it, you'd does, hear. it does fit comfortably with Hot, Hot, Hot. Yes, most definitely. With the na, 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 Which is sampled from Cannibal and the Headhunters version of Land of a Thousand Dances. Oh, that I do you know that song? Um, yeah, well, Fats Domino received royalties from this because he was credited as a co-author on the song. He was given that credit in exchange for recording the song because, you know, people, people love to do writers out of credits. You know, being a That's... writer is the most thankless job in the world. Yeah. So someone agreed to press record, like, I'll yeah, let you use my equipment. And this no, no, was... no, as in he recorded it, as in sang a version of it. Fats Domino was in Fats Domino. Oh, did he singer. actually? Oh, I thought you meant. <laughs> I thought he was recording the song. No, as in no, no. The song in... that the, you yeah. know, Land no, no, of a Thousand Dances. No, no COVID brain. No, no. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is not going to end today, is it? Okay. So Fats Domino, they yeah. said, please, Fats, sing this song. Yeah. He said, all right, but I want writing credit. And also, therefore, he fat. receives yeah. royalties from this one. Yeah. Wow. Imagine being, you know, being Fats. You know, I'm a, cool. I'm, a, I'm a gentleman of, of size. I would not want to be called Fats as a name, you know? No. Yeah. But anyway, you anyway. know what? Let's not go back to high school. Uh, what? Get away from me. Mum, I don't want to go to school today. But, um, so <laughs> it's Sorry the, to laugh so heartily. It's the only hit for Jamaican reggae singer, Innie Kamosi. So the hot stepper is his nickname. It's a Jamaican term for a man on the run from the law. Kamosi, mm. though is a lyrical gangster committing metaphorical murder. Unlike the Americans who, yes. you know, they're but literally it, killing each other. Yeah. Well, not all the time, but yeah, um, yeah. referring to... I'm sure it happened couple, once couple, or twice. Well, yeah. of course. Hello, <laughs> Tupac, anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Anyhow. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, yeah. well, Let's okay. not go there. <laughs> gangster rap experts, Wayne and Emma. <laughs> so not gangster. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, lyrical, lyrical gangster who rhymes the words extraordinary and strawberry. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Now, his name actually means mountain of true God. Oh, yeah. there you go. 
there you, you go. go. Um, yeah, no, but he's, a, he's an interesting guy. So he, um, after the success of the single, it sparked mm-hmm. a really intense bidding war with several major labels hoping to sign him. So Kamozi signed a seven album deal with Electra Records in November 1994. Had one hit from Ooh, that. Wow. Only one hit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also had to fight quite hard to get this one made, didn't he? I think. Well, yes, because it was three. It sat there for three years before it sort of came yeah, out. Yeah, I'd read somewhere that his career was kind of bottoming out in the early nineties, and he began crafting this song, and realized after years, like it'd be better in a non-reggae format. So he'd obviously written this for a more reggae feel originally. And, and being from Jamaica, you know, yeah. that's, that's the that's the musical style of Jamaica. Yeah, and then he turned to the producer, how do you pronounce this name, Salam Remy? Salam Remy, I would say, yes. Yeah, Um, for help because Salam had worked with, you know, people like the Fugees and stuff and he wanted that kind of feel and that beat. Yeah, and I think he liked liked Salam because Salam also was from Barbados, but he was a Barbados guy making making hip hop. So he mm. wanted that sort of that, that cross and he wanted to be on the mainstream radio. He thought, you know, he should be slotting alongside people like Michael Jackson and Madonna. And well, he, he was, he <laughs> hello. Uh, he, well, he was, you know, one for one song. He certainly was, you know, to go to number one in the U S is a pretty mean feat. Yeah, totally. Good on yeah. him. This and would I, have been his biggest single only. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so, and I remember it from the film, from the film, uh, Pret-a-Porte. Uh, which was a Robert Altman film, which I absolutely love that film. I was, because I, I, I was at film school when Robert Altman sort of released a few films, I was a big film nerd for him. So I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Is that the one with Julia Roberts? Yes. And it's got Kim Basinger and yeah, Lily Tomlin, mm. lots, lots, massive, oh, wow. amount, massive amount of stars in that film. Mm, I should watch it one day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, well, now let's move on to our number one song from an artist we haven't featured yet from 1995. It is The Cranberries, Ode to My Family. The song reached five in Australia, 29 in the UK, and one in Iceland. We are really loving the Iceland today. That's two songs that have yeah. one in Iceland. This is a beautiful song. Stunning. Um, yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I love so much of the Cranberries, and this is right up there as one of my favourite songs of theirs. Me too. Hey, we agree again. Yay. <laughs> um, Dolores's, yeah, just her voice. And I had no idea that this was so personal for her because she was actually, um, it was about her decision to become a rock star and the conflicts that that decision caused with her parents and their Irish traditions. So very personal sort of topic. Yeah, and she sang it in like a lullaby-like way as if reminiscing on her family back in Ireland, which Mm. adds a, a sense of poignancy to the song. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it was written when she first came to America with the Cranberries. She was away from her family and friends and she was really lonely and so she wrote this. Uh, And because at that stage, they weren't really big. Their first trip to America came in the summer of 93 after they'd already toured Europe to promote their debut album. Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? They were hardly known in the US when they arrived. But Mm. then by the end of the year, Linga was getting airplay. And in 1994, they became huge stars. Yeah, because it was really when... When did... um... No Need to Argue, the album come out. Was so that, that was 94? That was 95. 95, okay. Yeah, so this is the follow-up follow to Zombie. So this cemented, hang on, wasn't Zombie on No, 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 no. no Need so to everybody, Argue? Yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. It was the first single on No Need to Argue was Zombie. Ah, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. everybody else is doing it, so why can't we? Had Linger and Dreams. Oh, I love yes. it. I love Dreams. Such a good song. I don't know Dreams. I know you, Linger. You, you would know. I would know Dreams, yeah, right. 100% would know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. not going to sing Dolores because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, sadly, she's not listening. Well, maybe she is. She's she's up yeah. there somewhere because she yeah. passed away so sadly and so young again. 
Yeah, she died at my age. Whoa. Oh, I know. So, so terrible. Yeah. I didn't know this band had actually started before she ever joined um, the Hogan brothers, Noel and Michael. They were from Limerick in Ireland. I love that town's name, Limerick. Limerick. Well, <laughs> that must have been where Limericks were born, I'm assuming. I assume so. They formed oh, as a, a Limerick. <laughs> they formed as a boy band, though, back in 89. <laughs> um, there once was a-, a boy band from Limerick. Yes, let's write a poem about that. Yeah. Oh, I know what rhymes with limerick, but I'm not so, going to put it. Yes. Stop it. This is serious. I'm trying to, my COVID brain is trying to spit something out. Um, Emma, just yell random things at Emma, quick. So, yeah. the boy band in Limerick, 1989, they had four of them. Less than a year later, one of those boys left, and the, the band at that stage was called the Cranberry Saurus. So, interesting name. And was replaced. I, I remember that dinosaur, the Cranberryosaurus. <laughs> the Cranberryosaurus. And then when that guy was replaced with Dolores, of course, they became the Cranberries and yeah, yeah. all was well with the world. I can't imagine a boy band called the Cranberryosaurus yeah, doing no, that, that's exactly what the yeah, Cranberries did. I think that's did. why they didn't last. <laughs> So in America, the No Need to Argue album was so widely anticipated that their record label Island didn't release any singles from the set, forcing listeners to buy the whole album instead of the individual songs, which is why it didn't chart. So Ode to My Family was the second promotional single from the album, following Zombie. Because it was not sold in stores, it was ineligible for the Billboard Hot 100, but it made 39 on the Airplay chart in April 1995 and also reached 11 on the Modern Rock charts. Mm -hmm. Well, well deserved. Like, I love... I love the album. Yeah. And I love this song. Yeah. 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 It is. And uh, so I think this is their best album, actually. Personally. Yes. Yes. I, mean. I think because it's more consistent than everybody else is doing it. So why can't we? Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think that their third album, they were trying to copy the second album a little bit too much. To the Faithful Departed, was that? Yeah. 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 I just felt like that was. That was pretty heavy. It was. It was. Yes. Because the first song was all about addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just Good remember times. they bleed their heads. That that line was in the first single. I can't remember the first single's name, but anyway. I'm yeah, busy and tired as well at the moment. <laughs> but good number one. I'm glad that was at number one uh, yes, this week. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah, yeah. They are a fantastic group. You know, they sold nearly 50 million albums worldwide as of 2019. So certainly fantastic group. And oh, actually, uh, one more quick fact for you. Um, with their with the video for the song Zombie, the Cranberries became the first Irish band to reach one billion views on YouTube. In your face, you too. Sorry, sorry, you too. <laughs> oh. like, no, I like you too. Why just, are you picking you know, on you too? No, you know, you just say that, you know, because that you would have you would have imagined you too would have gotten that honor. But um, no. actually, that's true because you two are a massive band. But yeah, but I suppose because they're older. Yeah, one billion. One billion. One billion views. Yes. <laughs> There you go. Cool. All right. Well, that is our top five. Let us know which of your favourite was. Now it's time for the Forgotten Gem. And one of the most active people that I've ever met on Twitter is Scott, otherwise known as Scottify. Scotty. Scottify. Oh, <laughs> I'm giving him the name Scotty. Yeah, because if, if you're being on an Australian podcast, you're going to be called Scotty. Scotty. Yeah, or possibly Scotty. Scotto. Oh, Scotto. I'm going with Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. I think Scotto is even more common. You know, that's from where <laughs> I'm from, whereas you're a bit more classier. All oh, right. Nice. Uh, so let's hear what Scott had to pick. Hey, what's up, Wayne and Emma? This is Scott coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thank you for having me on your awesome show. My Forgotten Gem is No More Rhyme by Debbie Gibson. was released in 1989 and was the third single from her Electric Youth album. And the song came out when I was coming of age. And for me, it's about growing up, how people change, and life gets complicated, and trying to balance the old with the new and the familiar with the future. 
I just thought lyrically she was wise beyond her years. Love the pacing of the song and absolutely love the video. For me, the song and the video were a perfect fit. Thanks again and take care. Oh, I do love a bit of Debbie Gibson. Mm. And this, again, <laughs> Scott got me because I, it, Forgotten Gem, yeah, I, I didn't know this song existed. Like, I swear I've never heard this song before. Well, let's have a look at the chart places. It did only get mm. to 58 in Australia, which is a crime, 40 yeah. in Belgium, 24 in Canada, and 17 in the US. Yeah. 13 so, on the adult contemporary chart. That's insane that it got to 17 in the US and only, what, 50-something is 58 here and didn't chart in the UK, yeah. Hence it didn't make the rage that I would listen to and, like, I never heard it. Because Debbie Gibson is so talented and I was so into her. And hearing this song, thank you, Scott, for introducing me to it, uh, really, really great song. Um, I feel like she was never, she was popular here, but she wasn't as popular as she was in the US. Like she was having multiple number ones in the US, which is fantastic. Here, she was having some success. Like Lost in Your Eyes went top 10, Electric Youth went top 20. Uh, mm-hmm. For me, I I loved her and I had the cassette of this album and I would play Electric Youth so often. So I did know this song. Really, electric really love this. Youth. Oh, Electric Youth, what a song. Um, Lost in Your Eyes, though. That's my is, favorite. Yeah, it's a be- it's a beautiful song. And she just made ballads so well. Yeah. And, and her this... voice is so strong for being so young when she did this. Like she made this at what like 1718. Yes, I was about to bring that up. She was born in 1970. And like she she signed a deal with, I don't know, Atlantic Records, I think, by 1985. Or something yeah. like she's 15. And so she spent 86, 87 playing club dates through America. Like, you know, the record labels just send them around clubs in America. And yeah. she was writing more songs, building her catalog, all before, you know, making this album, which incidentally, apparently she made in like four weeks. And she she also at the same same time was still attending classes at Calhoun High School in yeah. Merrick, New York, where she later graduated as an honor student. So I mean, she was doing all this and she was still an honor student. Talk about overachiever. I know. And her her mum, <laughs> Diane, was her mummager. I know mm-hmm. that's your dream job, Emma. Mm-hmm. And she was she, she accompanied her daughter on many of these track dates. Uh, so they said, we play dance clubs, straight clubs, and gay clubs, Diane said. Oh, I would have loved that. Yeah, you'd, you'd love to take your yes. daughter. To, you'd love to Get take your daughter some gay clubs around, uh, around America. I'll just be yeah. sitting here, and, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one day, one day, it's on the bucket list. Yeah. Now, um, do you know she was while she was in high school and she was demoing her debut album? She had a studio in her garage, and her friends thought it was really cool. So during a blizzard, they came over and they came up with the original song called "Rapping on a Snow Day." It really? Did not, it did not make her first album. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. I'd love to hear it, though, you know. Uh, the, the song that made it for her, Only In My Dreams, that was, I think, her first single ever, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was based, that's what, what got her the development deal. and Exactly. Yeah. And that peaked at number four yeah. um, in America, like her first ever song that got their attention and stuff. Amazing, and, amazing. Uh, yeah, and Foolish Beats. Uh, that song Foolish Beat, which wasn't a very big hit here in Australia, made Gibson no. the youngest female artist to write, produce and perform a Billboard Hot 100 single. Oh, so yeah. from that first album, her biggest song here would have been Shake Your Love, which was a bit more of the pop song. I did love yeah. that song. Shake your love. I love that. And the shake your love. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got it. Uh, yeah, good, good song. And in <laughs> 1989, she was recognised by ASCAP as Songwriter of the Year alongside Bruce Springsteen. I love the that. boss. <laughs> yeah. So she's a 19-year-old. Yeah. And there's Bruce Springsteen both accepting the same award. Yes. And writing, you know, both writing Crazy. really beautiful and poignant songs, but from a very different point of view. Yes. You yes. know, and, and you know what? You, we need the point of view of 18-year-old girls, you know, because that's who younger women are going to listen to. Yeah, and look They're not going to listen to me as a 46-year-old trying to write for a, a, you know, 16-year-old girl. True that. True that. True that. She was also, um, in 1989, the youngest female to have both an album and a single simultaneously at number one with um, uh, the Electric Youth album and Lost in Your Eyes. Yeah. So, like... Yeah, totally. And what a great! Have, did you watch the music video? I did not watch the music video because COVID. Okay. Well, and <laughs> I've been what, trying. 
trying to stay awake. Scott did talk about it, and it features the Wonder Years actress Danica McKellar playing cello. So Winnie, is she the one that Winnie? She was, oh, she was yeah, Winnie. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. she plays the cello uh, at the beginning. Oh. So even though you know the cello soloist on the record is Bob Osman, uh, but uh, Danica does play the cello in the music video. Nice. Yeah. It's nice to have drop-ins on your music videos. Like, yeah. hang on, wasn't Debbie Gibson a drop-in on Katy Perry's Friday night? Last or Friday something? night, yes, she played her mum. Yeah. Speaking of drop-ins on yeah. music videos. And you know, Debbie Gibson is still releasing music. She released a great album last year called The Body Remembers. And Ooh. I got it, and it is a really good album. Okay. Really good. It's it's a bit disco-y, it's a bit pop. There's a few ballads that you'd expect from a Debbie Gibson album. Yeah. Highly recommended. If you liked her earlier stuff and you like pop music, I'm saying go on out there and listen to The Body Remembers by Debbie Gibson. I'm going to do that, Wayne. There's a Wayne recommendation for you. Thank you. All right. And thank you to Scott. What a great pick. Thanks, Scott. Yay. This is a flashback. A blast. From the past. Yesterday, 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 yesterday. Last time we did choose the topic that Emma was not fond of, songs about your ex. <laughs> well, no, because I immediately, well, the term exes that invokes weird feelings and you're like, oh, don't make me go back there. Yeah. You and... know, because we've both spent a bit of time with each other after after breakups. And yes. I feel like my favourite memory, I, I don't know if I've talked about this one before, was that time <laughs> you and I were doing kids theatre and yeah. you had a really bad breakup. I think your ex's friend stole your car. Oh, um, that was a that was a hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there we are on the north shore of Sydney, which is the classy end of Sydney. Um, we'd done a kids show in the morning, and then it was about eleven thirty, and we were sitting in a park drinking vodka cruises. Sometimes you just need a little sometimes pick me need, up. Sometimes you need to drink a vodka cruiser at eleven thirty in a classy park. I was very sad and very angry, and that's the things exes yeah. can do to you and funnily enough that park because that park is really <laughs> near where we do a lot of shows for years mm. afterwards when i was still doing your shows i would often stop at that park and have lunch never drank again <laughs> but um i would always think of you and I'm, like, not. Oh. I'm like this is this is where emma and i drink yes because you weren't boss then you were all right to drink but when you became <laughs> the boss you're like don't drink on the job wayne <laughs> oh. oh yeah anyway uh yeah. we'll get off the couch and uh instead <laughs> emma what song reminds you of an ex? So this category, I've decided to go with Never There by Cake. On the phone, long, long distance, always through such strong resistance. First you say you're too busy. I wonder if you even miss me. Never There is the first single released from American alternative rock band Cake's third studio album, Prolonging the Magic, back in 98. The song was commercially successful, topping the US Billboard alternative airplay chart, and it was also the band's first song to chart on the mainstream Hot 100 at number 78. In Iceland, the song was a major hit, peaking at number nine. I think, and it also charted in Australia, Canada and the UK, reaching 75, 42 and 66 respectively. In Australia, incidentally, also, it appeared at number 30 on the Triple J Hottest 100 in 98, which all the Australian listeners we have will understand. Triple J Hot 100 was a big thing. And, yes, I chose this song. I, I can see you nodding. <laughs> I'm sure Wayne doesn't enjoy this song. Wayne didn't know this. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, I, <laughs> I had a bit of trouble, actually, with this category because a lot of what, I, A, I didn't have that many exes at that age. I was still quite young. <laughs> I mean, you've got, what, a few years on me, so it helps a little Whoa, bit. Oh, hate speech. No, I've got a million songs from the 2000s and stuff. You know, when you get a bit older and have exes, like I've got all of those I could have chosen. However, back in this um, era, there was limited exes to remember. <laughs> and I guess 
even then, the one I'm thinking of, it's like we listen to a lot of old school music. Like we listen to a lot from the 60s and stuff kind of vibe. I was back into old school stuff. So, But he introduced me to Cake. And I remember fondly uh, a road trip that we took to the coast from Canberra and we were just playing, I think it was Fashion Nugget, Cake's album, and I loved that song, Frank Sinatra, but that was never released as a single so I couldn't have picked that. Um, I don't know. I just like their sound. I know it's very you either love it or you hate it kind of thing um, with his very deadpan kind of vocals. He's going the distance. <laughs> very deadpan vocals. It's, it's a unique kind of sound but maybe because I was newly in love and that's the interesting thing too like maybe this band wouldn't have appealed as much to me if I hadn't been introduced by someone I was just falling in love with yeah you know but because particularly at a young age as well we're impressed totally I'm 19 years old or whatever so what um, you want me to try crack sure I love you (laughs) you know that happens to people so I'm 19 years old and falling in love with this person that says, listen to this, and it's like it all seems much nicer than perhaps it really is. Now, did you say his name? What was his name? Oh, do I have to name him? Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> He'll okay. know who he is. I'm sure he doesn't listen probably. Hi, listen- Jim. Hi, if- Jim, if you're listening. I do have very fond memories oh, of um, our relationship. and uh, yeah, you, know, that. you know who's not a fan of cake? Who? Gloria Gaynor. Ah. Uh- <laughs> Gloria Gaynor is not a fan of Kate. Yeah, well, that's not surprising, is it? <laughs> they did a cover of her song, I Will Survive, which is an iconic cover. I, I appreciate yeah. it's an iconic cover. Uh, and it reached 38 on the modern rock tracks. But Gloria Gaynor has called it her least favourite version of the song. Mm. And she didn't Ooh. like how Kate changed some of the lyrics to make it a bit more profane. Well, exactly. They added a couple of F words here and there. And yep. but how that many was people, their style. How many people have recorded that song and that's her least favourite? I find that quite <laughs> funny, really. Yeah. It was quite successful, though. Oh, it was. It was. Mm. I'm guessing she didn't write I Will Survive because, yeah, so she probably, wouldn't have seen it. she probably wouldn't have seen any money from uh, from their version. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Here we go. Here's a bit of fact about Cake. Unknowns to most of their fans, the band Cake is named after the verb, not the noun. Rather than referring to dessert, the band says the name refers to the point when something insidiously becomes part of your life. We mean it more as something that cakes onto your shoe and is just sort of there until you get rid of it. So it's like, here we are. You can't get rid of us. You will love us. You will listen to it. We are going to follow you around. The distance. That was a huge song for them. Yep. Um, You didn't listen to that on that road trip? I would have known that one. (laughs) And also Short Skirt, Long Jacket. You know what? another massive song. Okay, Emma, I'm going to say I did enjoy that song. Oh, there you go. There you go. I did because I remember it was on a playlist when I worked in a bottle shop and Hmm. so I would hear it quite often. So I did actually enjoy it. We used to, because I used to, I used to impress, uh, impersonate his voice at work and get some laughs. So, uh, anytime, I want a girl with a short skirt. Anytime Tunks is getting some laughs, he's liking things. Um, you know, not my psychological I, problem. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that's how they got their name because I thought it, like the singer, John McRae, he actually came out and said he was a big fan of the 70s brand Bread. Um, you know, Bread? Have you yeah, heard yeah, this yeah. stuff? No, in the, yeah. yeah. So, I thought maybe they named themselves Cake because bread cake maybe maybe they did but then they decided to use that meaning of the word instead Uh, of the maybe you know i mean and they still used a cake in their logos so it's not like you know we couldn't i i feel like that might have just been something them saying just to you know yeah yeah apparently they use really cheap instruments as well i read that was i mean couldn't tell (laughs) no they said that, that that's the key to their unique sound ironically cheap guitars um, saying, you know, McRae's guitar is a horrible old guitar from the 60s that probably had a million of them made off an assembly line yeah. where you never get exactly the same tone twice. So you never yeah. know what's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, you know, I yeah, I was staying true to the category and... I appreciate I, that. Yeah. You know what? I, yeah, like I don't dislike the band. I'm not going to bag them out, but I'm not, look, it's not a favourite band of mine. So, you know, it's, hmm. it, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I appreciate them definitely more than you do, I think. 
<laughs> I would hope so because you picked them. Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. Well, what what's yours? Take us to yours. Well, you know, here's someone that's a little more my scene, and I haven't picked her in such a long time. Well, I wonder who it is. It is Madonna and Justify My Love. Wanting. Needing. Waiting. For you to justify my love. In 1995, I fell in love for the first time. It didn't last very long. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a relationship. So probably he wasn't an ex, but still. I met him at my best friend from uni's 21st birthday party in Broken Hill. I had got flown to Adelaide and then gone to Broken Hill where I met his gay cousin, who everyone had said we should meet. And when we did, some sparks flew. And then we started speaking on the phone most nights, for hours on end, and I decided that I needed to see him. So I sent him a one-way train ticket with a note that read, I want to kiss you in Paris. I want to hold your hand in Rome, et cetera, et cetera, uh, waiting for you to justify my love. Sent wow. that. He came, he came to Sydney or, 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 or something else. I don't know. Came to Sydney for a week. We had an amazing time together. Just a week in my life, but still. It was a very formative experience. You know, it was the first time that I had, you know, gone to a club, a gay club, went to the Aubrey with somebody that I was infatuated with, got to hold hands with them and, you know, and just watch some drag shows. And it was a really great experience. And for this song that, yes, maybe a little bit dirty, but for me, it actually reminds me of really sweet things and reminds me of somebody that was really important to me for a small amount of time in my life. So there you go. The song reached four in Australia, two in the UK, one in Canada, Finland, and the US. I love that story, Wayne. There you go. <laughs> and that was, if I'm not mistaken, one of the stories in your, you did a show all I about did. Donna's I did. Yes, influence you have, in your life. You have heard that story before. I did a yeah. show. I did a one-man show called Everything I Know I Learned from Madonna, which retold my love life through Madonna lyrics. Mm. So, yes, yes, I did tell that story. I, pro- I probably told it in a lot greater detail in that show because I did not hold back. You didn't hold back, and that's why audiences loved it. You yes, were so honest. It was, and It was very explicit. It was titillating is what yes, it was. Yes, yeah, 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 very successful. Sold out uh, the La Mama Theatre in Melbourne and then... You uh, should did- bring that back. I should. No, but it finished It finished really hopeful from a relationship I had. I was like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm in love and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, we're no longer together. Um, <laughs> you can do some edits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know I saw I saw an Instagram recently. He had a photo with with the the guy that you know he went got with after me, and they've been together for years now. So congratulations to them. He oh, says. you prepped him well. Yeah, I did. I did. There you go. But I'm not bitter. Jaded always, but never bitter. But anyway, let's talk about let's, let's talk, talk about Madonna and this fabulous about, song. I um, love it. Yeah, it's it's written written with Ken uh, with Lenny Kravitz. Um, mm-hmm. There was a little bit of controversy. Ingrid Chappers, who was a singer who'd worked with Prince, sued for royalties, uh, claiming that she wrote the song with Kravitz. From my Ooh. understanding, Madonna didn't even know anything about this. But in the end, uh, Chavez was given a songwriting credit, so she is on the you know when it was uh, she now has a credit on the song. Oh, so she might have helped a little bit. Yes, and I definitely yeah. think she did. You know, her thing of the story yeah. is that she did everything, but I, I feel like... The truth somewhere know. in between. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, she is now credited. She's got a composer credit uh, along with Kravitz and Madonna. Okay. Um, but I think the really interesting thing about this song is not the song at, at all. It's the music mm. video. Yes, I was about to bring that up. I love that. This is the one It's sort of, is it black and white? Or yes. Yeah. 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 It's and set in that uh, hotel in in Paris. Yes. Because she want you know want to kiss you in Paris. Gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Uh, banned yeah. everywhere. You know MTV banned it and then agreed to play it late at night. Uh, she was taken on Nightline and they played the clip while uh, she was asked questions. It was so controversial. People were up in arms. If you watch the music video now, it is nothing compared to what nothing um, exactly or, or what Rihanna's doing. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm more power to people, so I'm not bagging out WAP or or Rihanna. Um, but yes, it was just ridiculous the the controversy that Madonna would get. And yes, and she knew what she was doing because then 
she sold it as a VHS single. The first VHS single in history sold it for $9.98, sold over a million copies. Yeah, she's a smart lady. She knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah, yeah. You, you tell her, you know, MTV's probably like, well, we set the scene. We can do whatever we like. And she's like, well, bitch, I'm just going right. to sell it I on I know VHS. people are going to want to watch it, so I'll make some money that way. I bought it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was her brand at the time. She'd done the sex book or was in the process. No, no, the sex book came after this. After no, this. Yeah. But it wasn't long after. No, no, no. It, it was, was the very, it was the very quite, next project. So yes, yeah, so this was it was all in the workings. She knew yeah. what was going on, and part of her branding was this kind of stuff. And she went there, like yeah, all power to her. Yeah, you know, and it was directed by uh, Jean Baptiste Mondino, uh, who really did work with uh, a lot of black and white. His other most famous video is Don Henley's "The Boys of Summer," which is such a beautiful music video. I see you look lost. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah I can't should watch remember. it up. It, it it is fantastic. But his his video clips have always been described as art. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Lenny Kravitz shared his thought on the song in 1991. He said it was fun, man, just fun. The song came out of nowhere. I think it's a classic of its type, like an old Donna Summer song. And I like Madonna a lot. She's the best, the queen of what she does. She's very articulate, elegant, and she has taste up the ass. It's unbelievable. Her house is full of this incredibly famous art you've only seen in books. She has taste up the ass. I've, that was meant as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> so much taste. It's everywhere. You know, that's, yeah. Um, and also it was parodied on an episode of Saturday Night Live. This is one of my favourite skits ever, where Wayne and Garth are sucked into the Justify My Love music video. So Ooh. they're actually in it. Uh, and yes, and Madonna and Wayne play Truth or Dare. And ah. she's like, she's like um, have you ever made out with two women at one time? And he's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, I believe you. Not. <laughs> it was great. Oh, fun. Yep, yep. If you can watch it, I would recommend. There you go. Yeah. I've just talked a lot about Madonna. I could talk more. Um, I knew you would. That's why, yeah. I'm like, I don't need to talk much about Madonna. He's got this. Like, <laughs> um, The other thing to say, it was one of two new songs released on her greatest hits album, Immaculate Collection. Uh, the other one was Rescue Me. Both brilliant songs. My only yes. regret with Rescue Me is that there would, never was a music video because I imagine it would have been amazing because I love Rescue Me so much. I like this more, though. Yeah, I mean, I they're do, very I different. Do. They're very I do different. too, but I, uh, I, I do love Rescue Me. Uh, mm. During the last last tour, uh, she there was rumours she was going to do the song Rescue Me, but there was a little bit of a refrain from the orchestra. They played a bit of Rescue Me, and the night that I saw it, crowd went absolutely crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Damn. there we go. Nice. <laughs> well, two very different uh, classics. Bacon <laughs> Madonna. Yep, there you go. <laughs> I can't no, wait to see what... Uh next episode brings there there you go all right those were our classics for the week let us know what song reminds you of your ex five four three two one so many people on our socials love culture club and i've got to say emma the voting was insane Ooh. We had so many votes, and I've got to say, some of the results are shocking. Shocking. Shocking, Emma. No. Yeah. Well, I know that at least two of my favorites have to be up there, but anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, but um, absolutely loved by so many people, which is really wonderful to hear that people have such great affection for Culture Club and Boy George. Yeah, well, they're an important band, like for what they did for their time and where yeah. they stood and, and yeah, which yep. you will no, no doubt go into right now. Yeah. And I was just, <laughs> and, and I will, but I just want to say, first of all, I think, you know, it's easy just to get caught up in the image and the hype and, mm. you know, it is all, it was all about boy George's image, which is iconic, but it's, it also, you need to remember how talented they were. And I think that mm-hmm. that's really important. And that's what we're doing here. We're celebrating the music from, you know, what they made because it really is important music and it was great music. Yes, 100%. All right. Formed in London in 1981, Culture Club have sold more than 50 million records and their second album, Colour by Numbers, sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. 
It appeared on Rolling Stones magazine's list of 100 best albums of the 80s and is also included in the book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. In 1984, Culture Club won Brit Awards for Best British Group, Best British Single. Oh, I'm going to say that again. Best British Single. That's a tongue twister for you. Karma for, that was for Karma Chameleon. And they also won the Grammy Award for Best New Artist. Well-deserved. Yeah. Well-deserved. That was well, in what year, did you say? 1981? 1984. 84, sorry. Yeah, they were formed in 81. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into this top five, shall we? Oh, okay. Let's. All right. At number five was the first single from Waking Up With The House On Fire. It reached two in Australia (laughs) and the UK, 17 in the US and one in Ireland. It's The War Song. Number four, the fifth single from their Kissing to be Clever album, five in Canada and nine in the US. It's I'll Tumble for You. Number three, the third single from the Kissing to be Clever album. Two in the US, one in Australia, UK, Canada, and many more places. It's Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Number two was the fourth single from their Kissing to be Clever album. Reads 12 in Australia, three in the UK and two in the US. It's Time, Clock of the Heart. at number one first single from color by numbers reached four in australia 10 in the us and two in the uk it's church of the poison mind The song you're looking for reached number six. Holy shpamoli. Yes, Karma Chameleon. That is shocking. Yeah. You know what? It was it was in there for a time. The the top two, Church of the Poison Mine and Time Clock of a Heart, were the top two by a very long way. And then there were about then there were how many? One, two, five more songs that were competing for that last three spots. No, actually, I'd say six songs. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Wow. Yes. Church of the Poison Mind is a brilliant song. I mean, we've discussed that song on this podcast before. Yeah. And it's one of my favourites of theirs as well. Yeah. yeah um, it is a really great song. But, yeah, um, Karma Chameleon. What, yes. what a surprise. Because yeah. that's, again, one of my top three, as is Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? I'm so predictable. <laughs> with my, my you know. My favourite got to number five. My favourite's the war song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, I do love that. And then probably I'll tumble for you. I do love I tumble for you. Good. I song. don't know if I know I'll tumble for you. Um, so it actually wasn't released individually in Australia. Mm. So it was only released in North America as a standalone single. In Australia, it was released uh, as a double A side with Karma Chameleon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. So, but the rest of the top 10. So at six was Karma Chameleon. Seven was Miss Me Blind. Eight was Victims. Nine was Move Away. And 10 was Your Kiss is a Charity. Okay. Are they likely ever to do stuff again? Well, they released music not that long ago. Oh, did they? Yes. Yeah, they were back releasing some music not that long ago. Okay. A few years ago now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I should maybe listen. (laughs) 
You've had COVID. <laughs> yeah. I do love Boy George, though. Like, yeah, he's an, he's an interesting figure. He's an interesting one. You know, has caught a, a bit of controversy in his time. Uh, he's, yeah, great but man, though. But that's like every good yeah. front man, like most or a lot, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of front men of bands are that controversial kind of image yeah. figure. Yeah. And he does it so well. And Yeah. yeah. Now, Boy George got to know Malcolm McLaren, who was managing the group Bow Wow Wow. Remember, we've talked about them before. They stole the members of Adam and the Ants. Uh, So McLaren cooked up a plan to have George join the band, either as a replacement for their lead singer, Annabella Lewin, or as an additional singer. He was going to perform as Lieutenant Lush. The plan fell through and George ended up forming his own band, which became Culture Club. Oh, wow. He could have been Lieutenant Lush, yeah. He could have been Lieutenant Lush, but... Here we yes, find ourselves. With the band that sang I Want Candy. I want candy. Yeah. Oh, that was a good song, though. Yeah. So the band wrote their songs together and shared the royalties with Boy George writing the lyrics and John Moss handled many of the business affairs and Boy George did most of the publicity. Since George was so prominent as the face of the group, it sometimes gave the impression that he was the leader, but the band shared equally in decisions and songwriting. Mm. Well, again, that's probably often the case. You know, you see yeah. the front man and associate it all with them but and that has been the breakup of many groups i mean if you look at the bangles they broke up because everyone thought Susanna hoss was the lead and they're like she's not she's not we're equal yeah Um, yeah yeah Yeah. it's like you too you got bono but you know they're all equal i'm sure oh yeah you wouldn't want to take the edge out of out of you too no you wouldn't yeah (laughs) uh they were the first british band since the beatles to score three top 10 us hits from their debut album wow that's yeah. a great accolade. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so this is something Boy George said in 83. I think people think of me as very feminine, but I'm actually very masculine. I can throw a good punch. I'm taller and bigger than most people expect me to be. I'm sure they expect a little fairy wearing dandelions. <laughs> wow. It's funny you bring that up now. Yes. <laughs> to what we've oh, just. let's not talk about it. No, well, you brought up masculinity oh. and throwing a good punch because that's oh. not masculinity really we're beyond that now i would hope in this society and will smith needs to get a life (laughs) just over it yeah just everyone's got an opinion and they think their opinion is so important that's all i'm gonna say oh that's so you don't you don't have an opinion you know what i don't think my opinion matters at the end of the day i was in neither person's mind i wasn't there I just think we just people are getting sanctimonious about things. That's my my thing. I just, yeah. I'm not getting sanctimonious. No, no, no. I I'm not saying. I'm not saying you. I'm saying think. like literally, there was somebody on Facebook who said, "If you support Will Smith, unfriend me." Oh wow. Well, like, I'm not. I'm not. You doing know what that. I did? You know what I did? It's not that I support. You Will unfriended Smith. them. I unfriended <laughs> them. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And what didn't involve you? Just get over it. You know, like. And I hate being one of those people that go, look what's happening in the world. But look what's happening in the world. <laughs> like, we're here. We've got floods in Australia. People have lost their houses. And all people are writing about is that shit. Yeah. Get over I get it. it. Get, get over it. <laughs> well, we've just turned. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, sorry oh, and, for And because no, also that. I did post something that said, really, really, like, come on. Like, just, just get over it. And then I got attacked by people. So I pulled it down. And I'm like. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Oh, my God, because I was just getting attacked and then people were arguing on my page and I'm like, oh, Oh, see, yeah, there's no need. Like, this is the whole problem, I think. Attacking and, yes, I agree. And I I do, however, like, and, yes, for whatever my opinion matters and it doesn't, like I'm just some little chick from Sydney. But, yeah, I think it's ridiculous to get up in the middle of an award show and slap someone down and not expect a repercussion. Like, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous him giving a standing ovation. It was a ridiculous joke in the first place. Like, like, yeah, it, yeah, this could go on. I just, yeah, okay. and you shouldn't have been attacked for posting what you know. And I just uh, don't. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I just don't care enough. I just, don't <laughs> you know, you've got COVID. My mum's in hospital. You know, yeah. I just these don't, are things you care I about. Just don't. <laughs> you don't care about. And if I lose friends because I don't give a shit that Will Smith hit Chris Rock, then so be it. I just don't care. Oh, this podcast. Things happening in the world, it is probably the last thing I care about. Okay. I'm sorry I brought it up. It only came to mind because of of 
Boy George's um, yep. little phrase that yep. you quoted yep. then. We shall move on, shall we? Yeah, because in 83, he did come in second <laughs> uh, in both the male and female best dressed categories in the New Musical Express Readers Poll. Oh, hooray. <laughs> you know what? Let's just move on. Boy George, we love you. We have. Um, we do. You know. Uh, actually, oh, no, I've got one more thing. This is funny. Okay. We need, we need some, I need to laugh. We need some humour. He had a job as a bagger in a local supermarket. He got fired for wearing the bags. What? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep, yep. What, did he make his own, like, I'm imagining, bag? I'm imagining, yeah, he was, like, making bag costumes and then got fired. And yeah. handing out bags, wearing the bags. That's yep. awesome. Yep. yep. I would applaud that for creativity. And who's not going to walk past and go, that's... Thank you. Yep. I'll have a bag. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I love Boy George. All right. Now, let's have a look at our next classic theme. I have the dice, so I'm going to roll the dice. All okay. Right. Two. Song mm. from a TV show. I'll be there for you. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> no, no, the, song, no, no. the song I probably would have traditionally picked, you once did uh, as a one-hit wonder. So, uh, Julie Cruz falling from Twin Peaks. Oh, yes, oh, that was we've, beautiful. We've, we've done, done that. that. So we've done that. But no, I know what I'm going to pick, so I'm not going to mention Oh, that. you do? Okay. Because yeah. I asked people to suggest this topic, and when this topic was suggested straight away, I'm like, I know what song I'm going to pick. So, wow. Yeah. It's right. the Simpsons, isn't it? Dun, it is dun, dun, not dun, dun, dun. the Simpsons. It's not charts. <laughs> All right. It's true. Uh, so, yes, and my song charted. Uh, so, next episode, we are going very different. You know, I put something up about this gentleman recently, and people were really talking about it. And you know what? I've decided I'm not going to feel ashamed for liking daggy music. I am going to embrace any music I like. And so, we are doing somebody who is considered a little daggy, and I mm-hmm. don't care. Because I love him, sealed with a kiss. Seal? No, sealed with a kiss. The song. Yes. Oh, sealed with a kiss. Oh, sorry, that's Jason Donovan. Yes, it is. (laughs) I just heard seal. Sealed. Sealed. Yeah. Sorry. He should have released an album called Sealed with a Kiss. Seal. Totally. (laughs) Oh my God. Seal, if you're listening, release Sealed with a Kiss as an album. I seal. Or your autobiography, (laughs) Sealed with a Kiss. I'll help you write it. I'll be your shadow writer. Jason Donovan, though, I'm excited. Yes. So, what do you reckon? Number one, too many broken hearts, nothing can divide us. Or do you reckon the Kylie song, especially for you? For me, that's what it is, like personally, but I'm sure that's not what it will be. So, for me, no. So, I think for me, it would be too many broken hearts. So, I do love his cover of of Rhythm of the Rain. Mm. Well, you can't guess after this Culture Club week. Like, that just threw me. Who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen. Every day I love you more. That's a good song. You don't know that song. All right. Well, now that we've had, this is the most bizarre podcast ever. Uh, Wayne's just sounded off. And I got angry about saying, I don't care. There you go. That's. <laughs> Emma's I love got... you, Wayne. Yep. Well... <laughs> I have COVID. I love you. Yep. Yep. We um, we did take it to a weird place. We, but we that's okay. There. Yep. Yeah. And because I'm love... tired. I am so tired. I like yeah. doing breakfast DJ work and then teaching of a nighttime. And also I start shooting my new web series this weekend <gasps> and visiting mum in hospital. I am a little tired. It so. is all happening. I didn't mention too. Sorry. I've got some exciting news yes. that I haven't told you about. My daughter is going to be in Mary Poppins That's right. at the Lyric Theatre and she's just got COVID this week in her first week of rehearsals. So she's in our front room here, belting out tunes and trying to rehearse over Zoom. Well, but, it's better It's better now than later. Yeah, I, that's what I've told her too. Yeah. 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 So it's all happening. I'm glad we're busy and, you know, yep. Yep. I'd rather be busy than not, hey? Busy than dead. Yeah. Indeed. Don't say that to a girl that's got COVID. All right. <laughs> Okay, on that note, let's get out of here because I have to go teach. Uh, Bye. Bye.